Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to Recall the Midwife. In tonight's episode, we're going to talk about Series 2, Episode 4. I'm Becky. I'm Alex. I'm Jen. Um, and just a reminder that this week's episode deals with severe, vis- severe physical disability, caring for disabled persons, and childhood trauma. So if any of these topics are ones you'd prefer to skip this week, we understand and hope you join us for the next one. In tonight's episode, we meet Douglas and Ruby Roberts. They already have two girls, and Douglas places a bet with Fred that their third child will be a boy. Sister Evangelina and Jenny Lee deliver the baby, which is a boy, but when he's born, we discover that he has spina bifida. Dr. Turner is called for, and the baby is taken straight into hospital. When Douglas Jr. returns home, he is rejected by Ruby, who feels guilty that she may have caused the condition. Jenny Lee steps in to help the family. At Sister Julianne's suggestion, Jenny Lee accompanies Jane to St Gideon's and Jenny Lee learns that Jane was actually a patient there. Thinking that the baby may have to be put into their care, Jenny Lee takes Douglas to visit St Gideon's and he takes a gamble that Rudy, Ruby won't give up on their child. We also meet the Reverend Appleby Thornton, who has just returned from Sierra Leone and will be staying at Nanata's house until his parish lodgings are ready. So, girls... I, I just it. need to start by saying I bloody love this episode. Oh, same. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Also, you guys, a little a little uh, interesting thing. So my mom and I have been kind of sporadically rewatching some of The Crown as well on Netflix. And the Mr. I can't I don't know the actor's name and I didn't get to looking it up. But the guy who plays Appleby Thornton is now playing Prime Minister Wilson in The Crown um in series. he's an amazing he's an amazing oh, actor 
he's so and he and he's a labor leader he's got all these amazing i mean his his character is also just a very compelling and like interesting character but like i saw him in the 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 mid call the midwife and then we turned it on and i was like oh my gosh it's that guy it's he's the prime minister and it was just it's jason I watkins just, he's 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 massive over here he's oh my god brilliant. love him love him love him so adorable oh my goodness love him so much same okay so should we so should we start with ruby and douglas because that's um that is a tough storyline also tough. can i just say one thing and i don't say this often in this show douglas is fit <laughs> i thought the same yeah douglas is definitely going into the pantheon of like really like fit cute you know hubbies on the show you know who you know who he's kind of as cute as is um uh he the guy who was married to shirley the lady that they they had their baby kidnapped remember um yes I can't, I, he's yeah they're both and also the thing about douglas i should probably save this for later but a incredibly emotionally and relationally intelligent man which you don't see that much on this show like he's a real hero in this story and it's well it's yeah i've got one thing to say but we'll talk about that later on the last okay. part of it well, yeah, yeah yeah we i don't want to jump ahead but he's yeah. yeah he's great also this is a very small and probably like only i would think of this but did you guys i don't know why but i feel like the the girl who plays jenny and the guy who plays douglas when I would see them in scenes together, it almost, they, they made me think that they were like brother and sister, like looks wise. Don't you feel like they look like they come from the same family? Is this only me? It's never crossed my mind. I don't know, something about their faces and their hair. I don't know. It just made me, it just, they look like they literally could have been brother and sister. But anyways, I mean, I don't know. That's like a stupid observation, but just had to waste time on that. So there you go. You guys got a little extra for me today. <laughs> Well, we'll find out if that's true. Well, to be fair, I don't find Jenny Lee fit, but obviously I'm not a lesbian. <laughs> if I was, I think she would be very attractive. She's a gorgeous girl. I oh, mean, she's gorgeous, but I don't find her fit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, Ruby was really beautiful as well, though. Like Love. they were, they were, they were a suitably like good-looking, like kind of glamorous couple. I thought. Also, they were quite related. Like so, uh, quite often in Call the Midwives, the man is quite standoff. Well, not standoffish, but do you know what I mean? Like he's yeah. more mm -hmm. what we're accustomed to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a little bit more set um, apart. Kinda. Just newsflash: um, Jessica Rainey plays Jenny Lee. Is one of two sisters. One of two um, sisters. Okay, so no relation. Oh well. Um, but yeah, anyway. like he was. He was very. I thought. I thought the fact that they also set him up as being kind of connected because he was friends with Frank. You know, they had kind of a. You Fred. know, yeah. Oh, sorry, Fred. Oh, um, I am just. Oh, um, I'm literally the worst with names ever. I really think I are. Have... Like, I'm so, we should do a disclaimer. Like, Jen, just get <laughs> names wrong. Deal with it. It's fine. You know, we know who she means. You know who she means. Just let us carry on. You know how people have face blindness? That's what I have, but for people's names. I'm very good with faces, but I am terrible with names. Like, I think I might have like a brain condition that's like my husband's the same me. my husband's the same like every single kid in her class in my daughter's class i know the name of yeah and he's like oh and he comes up with names that's just like nowhere near <laughs> any of them like I can't, what did he say doris or i was like what are you doing <laughs> no no no. people will like ask me they'll they'll say like oh what's your name and i'll say oh it's jen jennifer whatever and then they're like oh, okay if i you know like I, if i forget i may have to ask you again i'm like oh never don't don't worry about that ask me as many times as you need to i'm terrible with names and i feel like they're like oh haha no i literally would remember like the second time and i'm like no i will meet you five times and i will actually <laughs> struggle to remember your name i'll remember everything else about you i'll remember everything we talked about but your name will absolutely be a complete loss to me it's just it's a shocking 
shocking problem I have. Okay, but anyways, to the important part. So they go and deliver the baby, and Sister Evangelina is really proud. She wants to deliver the baby because it's the third child of this family that she's delivering. And Jenny, they've asked for Sister Evangelina by name. Well, mm-hmm. obviously by name because they know her, but yeah. And um, when the baby comes out, there's you know they kind of show that something has happened to the child's back and that there's you know um, something going on there and sister evangelina is you know perfectly calm collected and everything but jenny really has a hard time with it you can see immediately on her face and um which annoyed me because i feel like she's been there long enough now to kind of have a bit better of a poker face like a guy it's shocking mm. but like she literally was like uncontrollable like crying or a face and i was just like bloody hell jenny put it together the mum is more you're more upset than the mum would be like come on calm down yeah well i think I think that's why later on Sister Evangelina says, oh, this is, you're doing all of this because of your guilt, aren't you? Because you feel like you kind of set, yeah, like you set the bad tone from the beginning at the birth. And so now you feel bad about it. Um, I mean, the thing I, the thing I do try to give myself when I'm watching this is remembering that like a lot of the stuff that Jenny is experiencing, she's literally only been there for a year. So I feel like she's still having a lot of firsts and you know, I mean, and even when they, when the nuns and, and the midwives sit down at the table to eat lunch, you know, um, Sister Monica Jones says, oh, I remember the first time I saw a baby with this condition be born. Um, yeah, but she also said about green potatoes, like, <laughs> like 1950s. I was like, well, oh my God. Yeah, I mean, but she, she also said that they used to euthanize babies that were oh born with this condition. Oh my God, it was terrible. I was like, what? I was like, Sister Angelina, you're you're literally one generation older than your, than these girls. You're talking about this like you lived in the Dark Ages or whatever. I mean, she was practically saying that like conditions like this are caused by like a demon infestation in the child. I mean, I was just yeah, but also she was admitting to murder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was terrible! It was absolutely terrible. I was like, and everyone was like, well, oh, you know, I mean, oh yeah, that was <laughs> it was really horrible. Um, but so they, they take the baby to the hospital for, I believe it's surgery. They have to put, they have to give the baby some surgery to kind of correct the situation. And then they, yeah. And then they bring him home and he's so cute. And he's wrapped up in all these little like knitwear outfits and he's got like leg warmer things on. And he was so sweet. He literally was just like, he looked like a watermelon with like little two pokey legs coming out. He was so bottom heavy. It was. Oh gosh, he was so sweet. Do you know the scene that I love though when um so Jenny Lee steps up and is basically looking after the baby to help mm-hmm. out because the mother's rejected him. Mm-hmm. Um the bit where she's out pushing the pram and sister Evangelina cycles down the road in her shades. <laughs> <laughs> I totally missed that. I also love that. I loved it. Oh, I gotta watch watch it again to catch that. But this is one thing I'll say about Douglas. When um, Jenny Lee suggests that he babies out and um, mm. takes the baby out, um, he does say that it's not a man's job to go about pushing prams. Mm. Which I didn't agree with, but at the same time, he's fit, so I'll let him off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good luck. I do cover. want to say they were harsh on Jenny. They're like, oh, yeah, well, I can't be arsed looking after him. So, And he's like, yeah, I can't either. <laughs> Well, you do it around the shifts, like, you know, what you're doing, <laughs> even though I've got loads of other rounds and probably got to, like, you know, clean pustules on other people and, you know, all these awful things we've got to do in the district round. Yeah, you yeah. just carry on. Um, yeah. yeah, can't be, but we, we don't want to. So to be fair, I will say there was a scene actually where Ruby, so obviously Ruby, the mum, takes ages to come round to the baby, blah, blah, blah. 
But there was a scene where he leaves her in the room with the baby when it's just got back from hospital. Mm. And the kids, the two girls are all like, oh, I want to play with her. And they don't, they were like, oh, what's wrong? And they literally tell, don't tell the kids anything, like good parenting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so the kids go downstairs with the dad and like the bit, the mums, the, when they closed the door of the room, oh, I cried like a baby. Like it was horrendous because oh. I had postnatal depression and I, the, the fear you felt, the fear I felt first day being on my own with her mm. such a dark day and that really honestly oh it was so bleak because obviously she was suffering from postnatal depression from not mm. understanding what to do she was blaming herself because she was mm. like what have I done I shouldn't have worked I put stuff on my bump and I shouldn't have like because obviously they're so ignorant of the condition mm. but that scene oh it was so well done so bleak so dark like so true um and then oh 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 also another thing so <laughs> sorry i've just got loads of notes on this because it killed me but when when so they take it to st gideon's don't they and um, what would would you the say baby. the gideon they yeah. visit st gideon's sorry they visit they don't take the baby do they yeah. the dad goes and she goes to try and visit why did they explain why they were going to do it did she agree to go to st gideon's well, I think I, I, you mean, you mean when, when Douglas and Ruby and Jenny with the baby all go yeah. to St. Gideon's. So Ruby, I don't think Ruby doesn't, Ruby doesn't go to St. Gideon's. Well, she sits in the car, doesn't she? Oh yeah. I, no, she doesn't. I think she does. She does. No, no, she's yeah. Ruby, Ruby's like, in the you, car. You, you, he was like, your heart's like a train. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah she was like, I can't go in. I can't go in. But was the whole point just to see what it's like for the, to literally, so she agreed to look what it was like to see if the baby needed to move there. Yeah, I think Jenny Lee se- yeah. genuinely thought that that was the only option right. because they were going right. to take care of the baby. So, well, so, and, and yeah. And I okay. and I think they were kind of starting to reach a breaking point as well because I mean, I they don't say explicitly, but like Jenny is coming, feeding the baby, changing the baby, you know, helping out. I mean, she's literally even making meals for the other kids you know she's yeah. taking the baby for walks i mean she's she's well, she almost like a nanny the, and it's she tries to take the baby for the walk with 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 the mom doesn't she with ruby and then that neighbor comes up yeah and calls, oh calls her, and calls her a cripple uh, i literally oh my god <laughs> oh my god uh, so so i'll actually i'll actually inter- interject something personal here um so my dad was born with muscular dystrophy now the kind that he had was basically undiagnosed until a little bit later on in his life he he did not really there wasn't any like presenting disability um until he was older and then it was progressive after that um but a lot of the language around disability is incredibly um discriminatory and stigmatizing and that's something that I feel incredibly sensitive about you know as his daughter and um so when that when that woman and I'm going to call her a woman because I'm going to try not to say a rude word but when she walked up and she you know basically blamed Jenny and Douglas for being you know like stuck up and everything and oh look well now finally you know you get yours back or whatever I just Ruby and Douglas by the way just saying sorry Ruby and Douglas (laughs) sorry oh geez who did I even say Jenny Jenny oh god um I mean Oh God, I, I I really wanted to like punch the screen. I was so mad about that. I just thought it was Agreed. so, you know, because like I, I have seen and experienced, you know, again, through him, like some of the things that can, people can do. Um, and I, no one, no one was ever that rude, you know, to us that I ever witnessed, but even just people who are pitying of a disabled person or a person with a disability. Or dismissive. Is, it's just oh my god oh my god it's it's 
I just, it, I felt it very viscerally. So I, I'm with you, Al. This, yeah. this episode really, really touches a lot. And, and, and you know what line actually really also was sent home to me in a lot of ways was when Jenny was visiting St. Gideon's with Jane and they she was just kind of getting a, a feel for what the actual place was and kind of what they did for for people there and she said oh well so this is this is actually a nice home and and the director said no 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 this this is this is not a home this is a place yeah. where we care and jane for was people. like they do what they can yeah but, you know and then she was like yeah they, they, a home would be better their actual yeah. home would be better she's like if there's any way they don't have to come here they shouldn't come here. Yeah. This is literally like a place you only go if you absolutely have to go here. And that to me was, I thought, a very, um, you know, as compa- as as kind a way to put it as possible. Um, so, so, I, yeah. So Douglas and Jenny Lee go into the St. Gideon's and have a tour around and they're all lovely in there and everything's nice. But mm-hmm. um, Douglas, this is this something that really annoyed me. So Ruby didn't go in, right? She sat in the car with her heart like a train. Douglas goes in and then he says, if I know my robes, she'll do a, she'll do like, <laughs> I could, if I can bet on my robes or whatever. And like the f- anger in me, the fury and anger in me that he was, had the audacity, I know it worked, but he had the audacity to like basically try and do this trick on his wife when she was so vulnerable in a really dark oh. place. Oh, I saw it totally different. I saw it totally different. Oh, really? Well, he, yeah, but he, so we both agreed that he did bluff being like we're going to take it we're going to take yes. baby there yes and then I, do, I, just, I don't think he would have ever i don't think he would have let the baby go no i don't either but it's the fact that he tricked her like that like just talk to her be compassionate don't try and bloody trick her like i was just so angry about it i think it's because i was really hormonal when i watched it as well <laughs> yeah i didn't get that reaction to it oh I'd be yeah fuming. I'd be fuming. i i I, I'm gonna say I'm I'm I felt differently because the thing is I felt like talking to her compassionately and gently like that time had passed you know like there had already been many com I th- I felt between different people like many conversations about you know okay you, you know, like come on you have to do something and even when they went to the hospital like she said no I can't go in and he and he did acknowledge that you know her heart was racing she was obviously feeling you know like a lot of intense emotion possibly anxiety and everything else but yeah. I think. I think he kind of, I, I, I just, I mean, again, I, I don't think, I don't know that he would have followed through on it, but I think it was, I, I, I thought it, I thought of it as, you know, someone who was trying something different based on a lot of, no, like, justice for Ruby, really annoyed me. Even though <laughs> no, he, the thing is though, sometimes you, when you know someone really well, you know, you can do something different than maybe conventional wisdom would tell you you could do. I just and felt I, like. I saw it that way. I can only compare it to, I honestly feel like for the first, gosh, two and a half years after Bob, after my daughter was born, like I felt like a bruised peach that was very slowly getting unbruised, which is a completely, really bad analogy because they just get worse, don't they? Um, mm. I'm basically rotten now. But like, <laughs> well, I just feel in like in world, such yes. a vulnerable state to trick her like he did. And I know it was all for the greater good and all that, but I, honestly, I was fuming watching it. Anyway, that's just me. <sighs> yeah. But it all turned out well, well. They kept the baby. She loved it in the mm-hmm. end. Little Douglas mm-hmm. Jr. And he thrived. Yeah, he did thrive, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. And he was cute, cute, cute in all his knitwear. Yeah, I know. And and Fred was really sweet when he when he came up and he met the baby for the first time. He was like, "Oh, look, you won the bet. I'm gonna pay my money out. Like, what a what a you know cheeky little chappy you've got here and everything." He was also with was those perfect. parents. He will grow up to be a very good looking boy. 
<laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's it. That's oh, it. wait, can I just tell you, we, we may cover this in the season end recap, but um, the line, and I, I'm not even going to try because I absolutely do not remember the, this, this fellow's name, but um, the, the young guy at the St. Gideon's house who had cerebral palsy. Jacob. Yeah. Jacob. Oh, when he came and he said, oh, you know, because uh, Douglas was asking what's it like to live here. And he said, oh, it's really nice. Yeah, I really like it. He's like, it smells like biscuits all the time because there's a factory next door. And he said, they give us the broken ones. I know. And, that oh, got me. I, I was, was like, like, oh, my God. Oh, I also man, made me I jealous. <laughs> I know. I would love to, love to live near a biscuit factory. Oh, my Same. God. Wouldn't we all? But it was, it was. And you know what? Again, we haven't talked about it in a couple in a little while, but the writing on this show is always amazing. And that line to me, just mwah, it just did so much work and it was so poetic and so beautiful. And it's like it just communicated so many things at once. And well, oh. just on that, actually, just really quick, just a side note, I actually did finish um, listening to Call the Midwife the book. Uh, <laughs> Becky's going to be like, oh, you didn't actually read it. Like, I can read. <laughs> anyway, um, I finished it. The whole thing is bleak, 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 bleak. How they have managed to find this lovely, heartwarming stories and writing <laughs> from it is amazing because, honestly, I was, oh, it was yeah. just bleak. It was just a very dark mm-hmm. listen. So even more kudos to the mm-hmm. writers, how they've managed to find like these amazing, who even listened or read that book and thought, oh, I know what we'll do. We'll make a lovely, heartwarming Sunday night story. Like, but I don't know how they've done it because honestly, it's horrendous. <laughs> well, but the thing is, the show in so many ways is just, is not a heartwarming Sunday night story. Yeah. I mean, when, like, as we've been finding out each week, like, this is a really heavy show that you deal with. I mean, hence we put a disclaimer at the beginning of every episode. Like they talk about such serious, serious things. And I mean, I, I'm obviously notorious on this podcast for having said how I cried during every single episode. I mean, even when I rewatch it, they all really get me. Like I, I think I probably did beat you this week just because I was in floods. But um, I want to talk oh, about man. the fight, but without we, we can't talk about the fight without context. So I think we should start now on... Oh, the lovely Jane and Reverend Appleby Thornton. I love the Reverend Appleby Thornton. <laughs> oh, me too. I would not want to okay. be around him for more than a minute, but my God, I love watching him on telly. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Now, I would love it because he's just he just talks and talks and talks, which, Alex... It's like when I visit your house and your mom just talks and talks and talks. And for someone who's not, for someone who's not good at making small talk, you you can just you can while away so much time and not have to try and make conversation. Yeah. Well, I'm obviously being Jen a big talkers like that. 
I know. Yeah, we're we're the we're the rebel at Reverend Appleby Thornton, and you're the Jane in this. <laughs> well, but you know, I, without any, I loved issues. him. I loved him. I would, I would, oh, I would go on a date with him. He's so sweet. He's, it's too much talking for me, but still, I mean, he was adorable. Oh my gosh, so cute. Also, can I just like again a shout out for people who have like showing a romance between two people that aren't just like young and beautiful. Yeah. Again, mwah, mwah, another chef's kiss. I just, I love to see it. Like, I think I prefer the Jane and Reverend Appleby Thornton romance to the Noakes romance. <gasps> controversial. That is, is controversial. I wow, don't wow. prefer it, but I don't, I don't rate either one more. I think they're both equal to me. I have equal love for them. But on this, let's start first by, I'm going to tell, this, this gave me the ick. I hated it. I hate it so much. <laughs> I'm obviously in a bit of a mood today. Again. So, okay. when the girls... So, before Reverend Appleby Thornton turns up, the girls are all like... Okay. I do like... I don't like the asides about Jane being quiet and stuff. Like, shut it. We get it. She's quiet. That's fine. Now, shut up. Like, Trixie's a bit of a bitch. Yeah. Right? Yeah, when they were mm -hmm. just... Yeah. I yeah, mean. that annoyed me. But there was one uh, bit... Trixie, was Trixie is not going to be... She has a lot more work to do before she's going to get really, truly... like. She sensitive on that stuff. Yeah, I feel yeah. like she's a rough diamond at the moment and she gets softened. Mm -hmm, but that's by mm -hmm. the bye. Um anyway, they do this bit where they talk about the first kiss stories. There is nothing oh. I hate more. Hate, hate, hate more than people asking questions like that about that. I think it's really Oh my god. I really hate it. It reminds me of my first day at college when yeah. they were I was in an all girl class and they were going around the room talking about everyone when they'd lost their virginity and stuff. And they were trying to get oh. I've just met these people. I was a virgin, not gonna lie. And I was a bit like, why are you trying to do this? Why are we trying to do this weird shaming? And the way they shamed Jane. And I'm like, this is the 1950s, you big slags. You should mm. all not have had a kiss. <laughs> not have you married. Anything no, I'm, I'm with you on this, Alex. Yeah, There's nothing totally more painful than... And also, nothing more painful than when you're in that group and you're it's going around the group and you know it's going to get to you. Yeah. Oh, but even, if I'd, even if I'd had the most kisses in the world, it's my business to tell. I don't want to choose to do it when you're asking me. I, if I want to give that information, I will. I yeah. won't, I'll volunteer. I don't want to be going around making people feel uncomfortable. So I really hated that. And then they were like, oh, Trixie was like, I'm afraid this fish, goldfish. Oh, no, it wasn't Trixie who said that. Sorry, I'm just doing it in a different voice. Jane was like, I'm afraid this goldfish will remain nameless then. And like, and she walked off and they were all like, oh, look at each other like, oh my God, I can't believe she's not been kissed. I can't believe it. Can't believe. And I'm like, why can't you believe it, you nutters? Like, it's not oh. like you were all off at it all week. Do you know what I mean? All the time. Right. Well, and, and, and to the point, like Cynthia said, like, oh, I think my, my first kiss was when I was eight years old and it was like some guy named Bob and he kissed me on the cheek on the playground. I mean, it wasn't like, you know what I mean? It was just, I, oh, the whole thing was, yeah, I completely agree with you. It was, it was so terrible. Yeah. Also on this point, that. sorry, I've got a lot of it on this point because it really annoyed me. Trixie was very judgy on it and all this. And mm. I loved Sister Bernadette. She was, she really came into her own for me in this. She was like <gasps> trying to get Trixie to understand it. She was like, well, if she's not very good at speaking to, you know, uh, uh, colleagues, how do you think she's going to speak to men? Like basically shut the hell up. Yeah, and uh, and stop being but so sister, judgy. I think Sister Bernadette knows. You know, last week we were saying, should um, do you think Sister Julienne will have told? Yes, what Jane's mm -hmm. background is. I got the sense from this episode that Sister Bernadette knew. Oh, she does because because Trixie was like, "Where did Sister Julienne find her?" And she was like, she, "You know, yeah, she none of your business." Is basically what she said. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So again, mm -hmm. a big up to uh, Sister Ber Sister Bernadette there because that was amazing. 
Well, and, and also the- big ups to Sister Bernadette because she senses the romance between the two of them. Yes. Say more yes. about that, Bex. Please say more. Are we talking about the goldfish? No. Yeah, the goldfish. Yeah. The goldfish no, no, scene. Well, no, the bit where, yeah, the goldfish scene, yeah, that's gorgeous. That scene where she feeds the goldfish too much and they try and save it. Yeah, but yeah. I'm talking the bit at the table where they're like, who's going to go with the... Well, yeah, yes, Reverend. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, like <laughs> Sister Sister Julia and, and Appleby Thornton are, like, kind of talking and he just kind of keeps going and then it's like, oh, well, I've got to go. You know, she, like, you know, she's like, the phone's ringing. I hear it. I got to get out of here. And so he's kind of just left standing there like casting about and then he sees Jane and he walks over to her and she's just like dumped like a like a bunch of food in the in the goldfish bowl and he's like oh my gosh you know and they fish it out together and it's this very cute scene but like just perfectly timed like sister Bernadette kind of walks by and she's like hmm like just from a distance she sees them kind of getting along you know and then there's a couple other times where she sees them it's a bit of a montage scene where like yeah top and she kind of like peeps them like out you know like like seeing how they're kind of getting along and having a good rapport and then then there's another another time where it's like oh well you know who could Appleby go out with today you know to kind of observe and then, oh, none of them wanted yeah and all of the girls are are sitting there just like not me not me not me not me <laughs> and then that's when Bernadette goes oh I think it would be really great if he no, she just goes, she just says it dead loud she just goes Jane yeah exactly. <laughs> straight away exactly exactly and and both of them again very chummy nokes in this way both of them are kind of like wait what me like you know wouldn't have had the courage to do that themselves and then they go out and they kind of get to talk and everything like that oh and this was so sweet so they go to that um couple's house that are very 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 poor they live in a really rundown place and so they're kind of caring for that person but appleby thornton gets like a, a like a bug bite or a spider bite or something like that on his finger or he touches something I don't know and when they come out he's kind of itching it and you know whatever and she's like oh stop hold on and so without really saying anything yeah she picks a little tube of ointment and she like puts it on his hand for him and like and and then and then some really cheeky girl walking by she goes oh love's young dream oh and they both feel very like anxious and then they pull their hands away and everything but it was just oh it was so sweet and then he obviously gets like no I don't think he's like ambushed or anything but basically the others are like oh you should ask Jane to this dance mm-hmm. and he's a well, bit they, like oh but they all want to go right but they don't want Jane to be left out so yeah but also they see they see what we yeah. see they're yeah, like yeah, yeah. you should take it to the dance because you obviously like each other but you're both too yeah. shy and weird to do yeah. anything he is weird <laughs> um but oh that scene where he asks us to the dance and it's just the oh. best oh my gosh so when she, but when she stood at the top of the steps and she can't bring herself to go down and meet him. Oh. The Reverend is basically stood outside the dance waiting for Jane. Um, Douglas has got drunk because Ruby's abandoned his flesh and blood. Um, that really annoyed me as then, well. That really bad acting, by the way, of him being like, flesh and blood, <laughs> my own flesh and blood. I was like, oh, I've forgiven a lot in this episode. Well, that was terrible. And Douglas picks a fight with a group of teddy boys. And then Reverend... Appleby Thornton steps in. I love it the way he steps in, though. He's like, do you don't want to be done for murder? <laughs> <laughs> to the bo- to the Teddy boys. Oh, but I'm so glad when um when Jane actually summons up the courage to speak to the Reverend, I, um, I'm glad that he actually knows that she did come to the dance. She didn't just stand him up. 
Yeah, but do you know what else was heartbreaking mm. just before that? The scene of her coming home and just oh, crying. Just oh my god, that was so. Mm. Also, I don't know if this is something I was reading into too much. I watched it five times to try and understand why. Um, but the um, she had something on the bottom of her foot, and they were like trying to focus on that. I don't know if that was me being weird or if it was just. I didn't know if that was like this weird oh, thing. I- I thought it was just her stockings, like seamed right. stockings. I didn't know if it was, it was like they were trying to show that she'd had like some kind of operation. I don't know. I didn't know if it <laughs> oh, was no. like electric shock treatment through her foot or something. Anyway, that was me going way too deep. Well, Jane, no, 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 she, I... sa- she says to the, um, she says that life for me is full of fear. Do you think like nowadays, do you think she's, it would just be anxiety, like extreme yeah. anxiety? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And yeah. that's why well, I wondered I... if she'd had treatment or something like that, and that that's what they were trying to reference. But mm-hmm. I think that was just me. Well, when when she so he comes to her first after they've kind of had that dance that where she stood him up from the dance, and I and also Sister Julian had dropped the kind of expository line about oh you know your your lodgings are ready, so I know you'll be leaving us soon. We're really sad to see you go and everything. So I think we're kind of we you know they're planting the seed that like yeah you know this was going to wind down. So he comes to her and he's like, well, let me just explain kind of why I'm why I'm such a freak and not no he's not a freak I apologize like strike that from the record but he wants to kind of explain himself a little bit better because I think that he I think we're meant to understand meant to think that he possibly thought that um you know she she didn't like him because you know he like yeah, you know, she, yeah like she she was kind of you know not because yeah, he him thought after. she'd stood him up yeah right exactly and so he says you know oh like I knew my parents really didn't like each other and so like I always felt the worst about it when there was silence. And so I would fill the silence with, you know, talking just to kind of like not have to deal with that, you know, issue in my home growing up. And that's why I talk too much. And I know I talk too much, but you know, like it's not you, it's me. Like, and I, I know that this is kind of an issue I have and everything. And she just can't bring herself to say anything in that moment. But then she sees him like actually leaving to go to the train station. He's saying goodbye to Fred and everything. And then she runs up to him to your point back. And she's like, you know, I had a childhood full of fear. And, and I felt like she you know, again, was saying something, you know, she, what's that, what's that phrase? It's like, um, say the, say the quiet part loud or say the loud part quiet or something, you know, like I got the sense that she had a really traumatic childhood filled with, you know, I mean, who knows what. Well, she lived in St. Gideon's, like her parents well, but, just couldn't cope. Well, no, no, no. But I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't get the feeling that she was necessarily born with an issue. I, I kind of got the feeling that she might, maybe she did, did have some issues, but that, something external to Jane drove her into St. Gideon's and she didn't have anywhere else to go. And then she grew up there. Then she became a trustee there. And then once she kind of, you know, reached a certain level of stability and recovery, she was able to, you know, maintain a life outside, but that, you know, her, so, I mean, I don't know if you categorize, I don't, I don't know that any of us could really tell exactly what it was, but like, you know, severe, like that, that struck me as a really like, traumatic stress response also a gorgeous scene because it was so lovely it was so like they both gave something of themselves to each other like it was a really poignant Mm. really beautiful like it was them actually giving themselves to each other giving their life stories to each other they understood it just showed how they understood each other and then the fish was named reverend appleby thornton and i cheered i cheered ladies (laughs) (laughs) loved it so much 
Well, and he says to her, you're the, you're the bravest person. You are so brave. Ugh. You're one of the bravest people I know. Cause she it's says, you deserve somebody who's brave. Cause I'm so weak and full of fear and you deserve someone better. And he was like, no, no, you're amazing. And I just, and the fact that she shared that with him though. Anyway, yeah. on to, just talking about love. Let's go on to the other love story really quick before we do heroes and zeros. Turn a debt up a bit, went a bit harder. Um, he's there. <laughs> Timothy's there in his cute little school, school hat. I love that little hat. And like Patrick's like, what are you doing here? How dare you come to my work or whatever? It's like he's got this massive, massive thing on his arm. Like, couldn't the school deal with it? Like, bloody hell, mate. Your son's hurt his arm. And Sister Bernadette's like, oh, I'll help him. I'll help him. And then it's just like, he's like, oh, oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Like, she's already taken on a bit of a parenting role. And then that that picture that Timothy did for Bernadette, Sister Bernadette. How did I miss this? I missed all of this. Well, I don't know. You when, when in the episode was this? Sister, doesn't Sister Julianne say, oh, Dr. Turner left this for you. He's been meaning to give it you for ages. Yeah, and it was a picture of Sister Bernadette and Timothy together. And she looks at it like, oh. Oh, God. I com- I'm i sorry, girls. I completely, 100%. You were, you were probably crying, Jen. Oh, I know. To be fair, My- Jen, this is why it's good. <laughs> this is why it's a good point. If it was just you, we'd be getting the wrong names. And... <laughs> But we've got we've got three people, so you know it's all good. It's all good. Oh, the, up the slack. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this episode, this, this whole show would be a mere shadow of its full self if it was only yeah. me here. So right now, on to heroes and zeros. Now I'm going to go first. So Jen doesn't nick them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So my hero of the week, hero of the week, um, is Jane for mm. giving into it for actually standing up for it to her thick fears and she wanted she wanted Reverend Appleby Thornton and she didn't meet him and she felt awful but then she stood up to her fears and she did it and my god did I love that scene mm. um zero of the week I was gonna go with the Teddy boys for doing a basically gang but he did start it you know and he did call them awful names so you know no you, null, null, null and void point um my zero of the week is Trixie for her judgmentalness thought she was judging mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Jen, do you want to go next? No, Bex, you're up. I'll save mine for last because I don't want to ruin anybody's heroes and zeros. <laughs> okay, I'm not a hero and zero ruiner this time. <laughs> like my hero of the week is going to be the Reverend Appleby Thornton. Um, not just for the romance with Jane, but the tales from Sierra Leone. Mm. The fact that one of the tribesmen challenged Chummy to a wrestle wrestling match. <laughs> Oh, and that, that she, was amazing. And, that she was, and I won't try and do the um, pronunciation, but basically she's been nicknamed a lot of woman by the tribes people. <laughs> I forgot and, about that. And, <laughs> so good, so good. This is um, why we need my, my zero of the week is going to be... It's going to be Jenny for thinking that St Gideon's was was a good alternative to being in the family home. Yeah. And just to clarify, like I do think there is a place for support for families, but just it, well, that didn't seem family, like, the, yeah. yeah, it just, that mm-hmm, didn't seem like mm-hmm. be, it, that was like the easy option. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. 
Okay. Um, I'll go first with my zero because I want to end up on a high note um, and, and bleep this if you need to. But um, that spiteful bitch who made the comment about the baby being a cripple. I just, I keep it in. It's worthy. Yeah. I just can't stand that. And I would have, I, I listen, I just, oh my God. Like just, I really hate that woman. I just thought she was so mean. And I would say she was just an example of the type of thinking. So, you know, not her specifically, but you know what I mean? That type of thoughts. Um, And then I want to give a hero to the, um, oh Lord. She's going to check the name. I am going to check the name. She's going to choose mine. (laughs) (laughs) No, a, a, a big hero to the Roberts family for, really rising to the occasion because um and i'm i'm just going to get on my soapbox here you know being a person with a disability does not mean that you are unable to have a rich and beautiful and full life and live to the fullest extent um that any person on earth could live and you know obviously when you're dealing with something like that you know there's there's obstacles there's limitations um but i i love that the end of the show talked about the family really embracing him and that he became you know a a beautiful and valued and wonderful part of their family that was allowed to thrive and did thrive and had a wonderful life and that is what should be afforded to every single person and so i'm well it's gonna be beautiful with parents like that like yeah exactly exactly so i just i just have to give a real you know i know i know it was a hard thing for them to get to that that point but um heroes to them and to that little boy for for you know doing so well and so successfully well said and he's probably going to be a model let's be honest hey listen yeah we need more good looking people in this world Mm -hmm. yeah i mean us can only do so much right (laughs) (laughs) on that note thank you so much for listening and Thank I hope you, you uh, I hope you join us next week. What is it next week's series two, episode five? Yeah, five, and things that things are hotting up with Turnadet next week. <laughs> All right, girls. Bye. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.